radio is Spread the word. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the River Radio Let's Talk Business show with me, Sophie Comas. And on today's show, I'm really pleased to have two guests joining me today. On Sunday, it was Mental Health Awareness Day, and in recognition of that, I've invited Trisha Wilkie from the Mind Hub and Melissa Gale from See Within to today's show. And we're going to be talking all about all things mental well-being. Um, so, um, Trisha, good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Sophie. It's lovely to be here. It's lovely to have you here. And Melissa, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Lovely to be here. Thank you, Sophie. Excellent. Um, so on today's um, show, we're going to find, be finding out a little bit more about Tricia and Melissa and some of the great work that they do with some of the clients that they work with. We're also going to be talking about some of the mental well-being challenges faced by businesses of all sizes, not just small businesses. Plus, we have some great music choices and some book recommendations as well from both Tricia and Melissa. So Tricia, let, let's start with you by finding out a little bit more about you. So your business is the Mind Hub. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about what you do. Yeah, so what do I do at the Mind Hub? So um, I set the Mind Up Mind Hub up in 2010. Um, leaving the corporate world to pursue my own kind of passions of helping people to manage their stress and anxiety and promote positive well-being through firstly through mindfulness and mindful based training Um, and then latterly delivering mental health first aid and awareness courses to individuals and organizations alike excellent so lots of really good resources there to help businesses of all sizes to to help support their teams um, within the workplace yeah absolutely things that people can do on an individual level to help support their own well-being but also lots of things that organizations can do as a whole to support their teams yeah and where are you based Trisha so I'm based in a little place called Hollyport which is in between Windsor and Maidenhead Um, but I've been really fortunate to work with you know companies locally but actually one of these things through the pandemic and everything going online is that we've been able to reach people globally so um you know not just restricted now to to Berkshire which is amazing yeah definitely so our listeners will be listening right the way across the Thames Valley um so that's great that you're able to work with businesses in in all different locations um across well not just in the UK but also internationally as well yeah it's amazing it's been fab yeah (laughs) excellent so what um, perhaps if we start for some of the listeners, because I think the word mental well-being is really used very regularly. What what, would, what do we mean by that? What, where do we start with that? Do you know it's really interesting? So that term mental health, what we explore through lots of training, and I'm sure Melissa comes across this too, is that sometimes that term mental health can have some negative connotations. That it might just mean mental illness, but actually mental health, or perhaps a different way of looking at it, our mental well-being is something that we all have. You know they really is no health without mental health and we all exist on um, a scale of mental health if you like somewhere Mm. so not everybody will experience poor mental health but certainly our mental health will fluctuate hopefully most of us will have positive mental well-being but of course there's going to be times days times in our life where our mental health 
perhaps begins to suffer a little bit but then with a bit of support we can achieve positive mental health so it's something that we all have it's something that can really affect how we think how we feel how we behave it can have an impact on everything that we do in our day so it's really important that we you know invest the same level of care into our mental health just as we would our physical health because we are whole beings Mm -hmm. and we really need this holistic approach for for positive living really It's it's interesting that you say that because I think you're you're right, certainly over the last even couple of shows, but lots of conversations I've been having with lots of clients and other sort of friends and family, this idea of mental well-being Mm. is, is, you know, it's a commonly talked about thing at the moment, which is brilliant that lots of awareness has been raised as a result of it. But the idea of that it is actually a sliding scale, that it isn't just perhaps about some of the more serious circumstances like depression or um, anxiety that kind of thing but actually it is around self-care a bit as well isn't it it really is and I think it's really important like you're saying it's something that we all have so that we normalize it and recognize that it's something that we all have it's not just people who have mental illness yeah Yeah, we all have mental health on some level Um, and to normalize it and talk about it means that I guess we create more spaces to maybe talk when talk to people when perhaps we're not doing so well and that might help prevent us sliding into mental illness yeah Yeah. definitely so just really um it it was mental health awareness day on Sunday so just interested um from both of your perspectives what what does that mean is it just a date in the diary or is there more to it oh. Melissa <laughs> go on you're good well, no 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 I was just just funny enough you saying that I, yeah. I posted on on mental health awareness day um simply I think it worded I worded it something along the lines of um it's mental health awareness day today today tomorrow the next day and next week you know it's great of course that we have these defined days where it's sort of highlighted whatever it might be there are lots of official days aren't there in the in the in the diary in the in the year these days um but actually it's something we really have to be aware of on a day-to-day basis because i'm sure as trisha will um agree with me and we understand is that it's very rare that mental ill health will suddenly appear yeah. Um, it might seem like that to the outside, but actually it builds over time. It mm. compounds the layers of vulnerability, the layers of difficulties or stress that are going on. So it creeps up on us. It can creep up on us. And we really have to be aware of our well-being on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, that, that's mm. really interesting way of thinking about it. I hadn't thought of it like that before. Um, but actually it is something that you, you kind of need to be aware of ongoing. And it's, it's, that, it's like exercise in some ways, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's just little and often just making sure you're taking, taking care of yourself. Yeah. So was there anything marked on, on Sunday? Or was, as we say, was it just kind of a day in the diary um, to, to help raise awareness of um, any events or anything I going think, on. Sorry. No, you go yeah, No, I think it just makes you a little bit more mindful. It provides an opportunity just to stop and reflect, perhaps, you know, okay, well, how am I doing right now? Um, I practice mindfulness regularly. Um, it's something that I do. And, and I also, I need to monitor my mental health. So uh, it's something that I perhaps do a little more naturally. But I Yes, mental health is something that happens every moment of every day. Um, but these awareness days really do help, give an opportunity to just recognise and raise awareness. So I do think they're important. But as Melissa said, it's something that we need to monitor on an ongoing basis, yeah. not just on one day. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's great advice. And it's, yeah, it's good, good that it's being spoken about more widely, I think. Mm. Yeah. Lots of, you know, from lots of different perspectives across different forms of media, so that's brilliant. Can I just add a little quote there as well? It just came to mind. I think it was um, 
oh, who was it that said this quote? Anyway, you need to look it up, guys, if you, if you hear this. But it was a quote that, that always stands out for me. And, and I think it might resonate with a lot of people. Often we ignore our health to gain wealth. Mm. And at a later date, then we're using our wealth to aid our health. And I think we need to really think about that. Because when we, especially when we're sort of younger, midlife, we're rushing around, we're really busy. And we do, I think, sort of compromise our health a lot of the time in order to achieve whatever it is that we might be doing. And then we get to like late 40s, 50s and we, we've done well, but actually we're, we're really worn out. And it's not just mental health, it's our physical health. That's as we're going on to yeah. saying, it's our whole well-being. So it's just, just a quote that always stands out for me, I think, in being, again, mindful of how we're operating on a day-to-day basis yeah, and at what cost yeah that's a great great quote I love that and certainly mm. you can see around but we'll come on to talk about burnout and some mm. of the challenges faced by small business owners a bit later on in in the show but that's really really good words of wisdom there so thank you so Trisha coming back to you um I think before we'd met, I hadn't necessarily heard about sort of mindfulness and wellness in in the way that I am now very much aware of Tell me, tell me a little bit about your business journey. How did you, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so uh, I've had an interesting journey. I've done lots of different things. Um, but in my corporate years, I spent probably the best part of 20 years working on trading floors, supporting traders at Morgan Stanley um, and, uh, and City and uh, Credit Suisse, and then latterly in Pharma. Um, and then I went through a period of poor mental health myself, experienced some quite high anxiety, um, was experiencing frequent panic attacks, um, stress, uh, and then latterly depression, and returned back from work after a first child in quite a poor state of mind. Um, and and found that a real challenge um, because of all the barriers of stigma and everything else and self-stigmatising that I never really reached out for help and got into quite a dark place. Um, I then decided to leave corporate world um, initially to just set up my own business so that I could take a bit more time out and work around children on my own terms but then discovered um, mental health first aid, decided actually you know this is where I could be um, hopefully a bit of an influencer in the workplace by training people in awareness of mental health um, and so that was really important to me and also combined that with this thing called mindfulness um, I used mindful based cognitive therapy to really help me recover from yeah. all that um, depression and anxiety and so it just felt it was quite an organic growth really but was something that had real purpose and meaning um, and it just naturally kind of evolved from there and so now you know I'm really pleased that the work that I do I feel is really important I enjoy it and I just hope that it really does help inspire some change. Yeah, it really makes a difference in, in the workplace knowing and understanding a little bit about your business the, the yeah. combination of the mindfulness piece and the mental health training that you do is 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 great it, it really does make a difference are there examples maybe where you've worked with a client that you've put things in place or they've worked with you to put certain things in place that have really made maybe a more significant difference over other things so perhaps is there some particular workshops that you've done that have resonated more with people versus others is there is there mm. is there one thing or a couple of things that have really made a difference yeah so there's there's a few things really I, um, I mean with both hats you know with the mindfulness hat on people have really appreciated just that introduction into mindfulness to kind of demystify it and actually I come from a very um 
scientific kind of approach, very sure. evidence-based approach. And I think people really appreciate that when they can see the value, the results. Um, it gives them confidence in, you know, taking that minute to be mindful or to practice can I, really I help one, them. I guess that's one thing if you're yeah. within the HR team, within an organisation and you're trying to justify I suppose in many ways the investment in staff Mm. Um, I'm sure you've got some great stats around how many people call in sick when they're not actually sick it's more around Mm. mental um, mental well-being challenges but if you've got something which provides concrete information and evidence then that makes that job much easier to kind of sell in internally yeah and you talk about stats so the stat is I think it's 95% of people calling in sick um, with stress would rather give a physical reason Wow, which is huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's been a couple of research studies. So uh, one by Forbes reported. So this was back end of last year that um, you know around two thirds of people um, are are experiencing burnout, but around eighty percent would still not feel comfortable about talking about that because of fear of discrimination. I I would expect after the last eighteen months or so, and it's been such a, a, a kind of difficult time for many and everybody's had different yeah. experiences of yeah. that I'm um, not surprised to hear that the burnout figures yeah. are, are high. And so where mental health first aid and just raising mental health awareness is really crucial is because it helps to, well on many different levels literally raises knowledge so that people can become more aware of themselves they can become more aware of their colleagues and able to support them a little bit better. Um, it shows that the company has a commitment to the well-being of their teams and you know so they should you know their, their workforces are their communities and we should be looking after our communities um, and supporting thing. them. It was one yeah. thing I noticed was, I do quite a lot within the mental well-being space and one of the things I noticed in quite a few articles coming up is that because people have had a lot of time to reflect throughout Covid and the last couple of months is they're wanting to proactively choose businesses that reflect their own brand values. So those that invest in their well-being, um, those that want to mm-hmm. to do things above and beyond perhaps just a pension and a pay packet. Yeah. And people are proactively selecting and moving and changing roles to reflect that. Yeah, that's it. If you want to, if you want to attract you know, the best talent, then you need to invest in them and people, it's it's important, yeah, that people feel supported and that they're, you know, if you want your, your teams to work hard and perform at a high level, then you need to prepare to support them throughout that. And I think, you know, gone are the days of, um, you know, where a tick box exercise um, is going to cover that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And do you, do you think it's one industry over another or is it generally... Well-being is, is everywhere, or is there kind yeah. of more, more industries perhaps it's affecting yeah. more than others? Um, I guess perhaps some industries more than others, depending on the nature of the work. I think, so there's some companies that I work with who have a lot of shift workers, mm, okay. you know, and that, that can have a real impact. Yeah, I guess on, if you're on shift, then you've got the sleep element that comes yeah. in, so if you're working nights, that can impact. Yeah. So that can, yeah, can make you feel different. that can be quite tricky, and also in this climate where people are organisations having to make cutbacks and perform more because of economic pressures that are put on them through things like Brexit. So they're asking people to work harder, mm. perform more, but perhaps with less manpower. Yeah. You know, if you for people to uh, manage all of that and perform well, they need to be in peak performance mm. mentally and physically, and people that people are, they were experiencing higher levels of burnout. So it's a challenge. 
It was interesting you say that on the news last night. There was a um, an MD of housing organisation interviewed on on one of the main media channels, and they were saying just that that a lot of the costs are going up, but the productivity isn't reflecting the increase in costs. So mm. they almost mm. need so the costs are higher. They need people to work harder, but yeah. they're just not able to. No, so it's real. Yeah, it's a real challenge. And what I see from so as well as providing the training for a couple of companies, I do provide um, you know the, the MHFA support. You know, I am their support. And a lot of the conversations I have with people is that they're uh, experiencing, you know, quite high stress, anxiety, um, perhaps depression. And what they're finding is that they're putting in more and more hours, mm. but their performance is going down. This is yes. something called presenteeism. Yeah. yeah? yeah. Um, and this is a common problem right now. And this is the case. People are feeling like they have to work harder, but they're working harder, but their creativity is going down, their performance is going down because... You know, they're just running out of steam. Mm -hmm. Human beings uh, need to take breaks. Like any machine, you wouldn't expect your car to drive around the world without stopping to refuel, yes. have a service. You know, take a break. As long as yeah. you've got fuel, that is. Oh, yes. <laughs> as long as you can <laughs> get relaxing. fuel. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, just, um, you, you used an acronym there, um, Trish. It's MHFA, just clarify for listeners. Oh, yeah, sorry. So MHFA is mental health first aid. So um, I train people to become mental health first aiders. And for some companies, I provide mental health first aid support for their teams. Excellent. Yeah. So if there's somebody listening out there and, and some of the things we're talking about here is resonating yeah. for them how would they how would they we're going to come on a bit later to talk about when you know hybrid ways of working and how we start to bring mental well-being mm. into the workplace but if there's one thing one tip that you would leave them with as to how they get started on this journey to bring this into the organization where where would someone start with that oh yeah that's quite a big question really um so i guess um, depending on the size of your organisation as well, looking at, you know, um, how many mental health first aiders you might need. Um, I think it's always a good thing to have a diverse range of mental health first aiders that could be in situ in different parts of the organisation that cover different genders, different races, um, so that we you can be as diverse and inclusive as possible. Um, there are some great resources um, on the mental Mental Health First Aid England website as well, which I can send to people about um, how to implement mental health first aid in the organisation, how to recruit them, that recruitment process, um, who might be suitable. Not everybody is to become mental health first yes, aiders yeah. as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a journey and it's worth investing a little bit of time to really think it through and how you will launch the initiative and support your mental health first aiders once they're trained and how you drive that, continue to drive mental health awareness and support ongoing so that it isn't just a kind of tick box yeah. As you said, so it is something that we should be doing every day rather than just, okay, it's October, right, we've yeah. got performance reviews coming up or whatever, tick, 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 and then yeah. move on. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great. Thank you for that. That was, that was really good to understand a little bit more about MindHub and a little bit more about your background. Um, so you've very kindly given us a recommendation for a book, mm. The Chimp Paradox. Oh, yeah. So I, I have, it's by Professor Stephen Peters. That's right, I, yeah. And I started to read it. I'm about the quarter of the way through and then things, other things came in the way and I haven't finished it, but 
further to your recommendation I'm, I'm going to go back and check it out but tell us more about it what's the book about yeah it's just a great book and professor steve peters is amazing and i have heard that the audible version of it is quite it's quite a good listen yeah, if okay. uh, and it might be easier to perhaps listen to that than, than than reading the book but professor steve peters works with he's worked with the gb cycling team um, lots of athletes, professional sports people, people in industry to really help raise their performance by, um, I guess, just having a little more control over some of their thoughts and uh, not listening to some of those mind monkeys that tend to get in the way. Yeah. And he really explains how parts of the brain work with each other uh, in a very uh, novel, interesting and easy to understand way. So he describes that our human part of the brain, our rational part of the brain, he describes as our human. Um, that our emotional centre, he describes as in a chimp, because it can be quite naughty uh, and it can get us into trouble sometimes. And then we have a computer part of the brain which stores all our values and beliefs and past experiences. So it's just reading that um, really gave me some great insight into how my brain works and how I could, um, you know, to see how I was being driven by emotions and anxiety, but how actually I had a moment to be able to step in. So um, Dr. Victor Frankel, an Australian psychologist, um, one of his quotes is that between stimulus and response, we have a moment to step into our power. And so, you know, this is where mindful awareness helps us too. We recognise the emotion that we're being driven, but we can just step out of that for a moment, take a pause, and then perhaps respond in a more positive way rather than being driven by reactivity. So, And particularly with things like anxiety, having a bit of knowledge, understanding where that all comes from and how that affects us is really power in overcoming that. So, yeah, I really recommend it. Um, It's a great book. Thank you. I think we've got to the point where... I think it encourages you to name your chimp, doesn't it? Yeah. I think my, my youngest son's chimp was called Biscuit, which, oh. is, uh, <laughs> which is his um, yeah his thing. He so. does a great book for children, by the way. I can't remember what it's called right now, but if you Google that, it's fantastic. And watch any of his speeches or anything like that. He's amazing. Excellent. Yeah. And that's brilliant. So thank you so much, Tricia, for sharing um, that book recommendation. And before we hear a bit more from Melissa, um, we're going to play a track that you've chosen, which is Everybody Loves the Sunshine by Roy Ayers. Is there a, is there a reason why, why you've chosen this song? Do you know, I'd forgotten about this song. It's a song that I used to listen to a lot, and I love it. Um, I love it so much. It just brings back really happy sunny memories it's a beautiful song but I'd forgotten about it but my son who's 14 had just discovered it by himself and he's been playing it a lot lately which made me really happy so yeah excellent well that's brilliant well thank you so much for the recommendation um so we are gonna play Everybody Loves the Sunshine by Roy Ayers thank you
You're listening to Sophie Comas on the River Radio's Let's Talk Business show this afternoon. Thank you for listening. Today I have two brilliant guests with me, Trisha Wilkie from The Mind Hub and Melissa Gale from See Within. So far on the show, we've talked with Trisha to understand a little bit more about her business and business journey and to understand the kind of mental well-being support that she offers and works with many of her clients, with many of her small business clients. Don't forget, if you have missed part of today's show, you can listen on listen again on Catch Up via the website, river.radio, or via Alexa, Apple or Google. And of course, if you want to get in touch about any of the discussions... <coughs> we're having on the show today please do drop me an email to sophie at river.radio so melissa welcome hello. to the show hello it's lovely to have you lovely to be here thank you very much um so you also work within the mental well-being space and you also do quite a lot of mental health um first aid training as well i do um and your business is see within 
Yes, yes. Excellent. So tell us a little bit more about Sea Within and, and what you do. Okay, so uh, a little bit like Tricia, um, I, I once had a previous working career and had family and so forth, um, but a very long time ago, um, I've always been really interested in um, mental health, well-being and counselling. And I had my own personal experience of counselling, gosh, oof, about 20 plus years ago and and also during my training as well I I trained to be a counsellor back in um, 2008 I did four years sort of part-time study Mm -hmm. and it was always something that um, for me I knew that it'd be an avenue that I would go down um, as a a career path back sort of within my passion of mental health well-being so 2017 um, I returned to a wonderful local charity where I did my original placement and started to um, redirect my career path and I have an eclectic mix I suppose of of different titles capacities but in essence um, my role is as a counsellor therapist. Okay. Um, I work one-to-one with adult private clients Mm -hmm. with the charity with adult private clients but also as a school lead counsellor in a a local school um, in Berkshire. I deliver parent um, project programs, um, have facilitated parent support group. I trained as a youth mental health first aider, which was a great opportunity with um, local um, NHS CCG as part of a delivery through the third party sector. And then I went on to train as as an adult mental health first aider as well. So what I'd like to think is that I bring in a real mix of um, different perspectives. Mm. I think what we all need to be really, really aware of is that a very high percentage of mental health um, difficulties or vulnerabilities start to unfold in our early years. And they may come out later in life due to just additional strains and stresses. Yeah. Um, so it's a really good mix. And I think we all need to be, again, as we've mentioned, as Trisha was mentioning, you know, we all need to be really aware of our own mental health and well-being and also in relation to our young people as well. Mm, very much so. That's really interesting. So you have a slightly different um, lens, I suppose, on the mental well-being space. So what Trisha was talking about earlier was more within the corporate space, whilst you yeah. still also do do look at that within the, the small business space. It is also looking at the younger generation and understanding yeah. how their influences and, and things impact them later on in life. Yeah. Are there any sort of trends or any sort of, I suppose influencing factors that that kind of build or I mean are, are there oh, many gosh. Oh. there yeah there are many yeah. there are absolute many but I think we there are so many things that our um that as a society now that we're all dealing with it's changed so much you know for for me now 50 back when I was younger you know what we're experiencing and, and what young people are going through now um and the demands and stress of life of the family dynamics and so forth are very different mm-hmm. yes Us true. As adults how we're operating now compared to how we were as adults back you know 20 30 odd years ago the dynamic of the family who's working you know it's not mum at home anymore it's both parents often out working. Life is so much faster paced. You know, we've got all this wonderful digital technology, yes. but actually it just means that everything's more instant. It's yeah. all instantaneous. Yeah. Um, and I think I think as a society, we often just lose ourselves in this new world mm. and really forget to hone in on that human element, human side of things yeah. that we all really need to connect with. Yeah. It's interesting what you say. So obviously 
there is a, a move towards mum, more mums going out to, to work. Um, I suppose you've got different uh, family combinations as well. Yeah. So you may have parents that have separated or whatever, which could be influencing an influencing factor in yeah. things. The digital space, as you say, everything is so immediate. Everything is so sort of instantaneous, as you yeah. say. So I can see that there's many, many influencing factors coming through within that. So thinking about, you know, you, you obviously do quite a lot of uh, valuable work within schools and helping to support the younger generation. Mm. What, what sort of sort of adults or businesses do you work with do you do you go in and trade with mental health first aid or what other things do you how else do you work with businesses so with businesses um the main business is the charity um but yeah. actually i've got a new um partnership that's just unfolding which i'm really excited about um i have joined forces with an organization called ignition human performance and this actually was a um a contact that I've got to know over the years and his his business has been very much HR consultancy but now they're looking very much around um, leadership um, enhancing sort of performance within businesses and their business model is very much based on high performance um, motorsports okay and connected to that um, there's an opportunity I hope there to really connect with those other businesses um, in raising awareness of mental health and well-being um, because more and more, of course, you know, organisations are really thinking about um, how they need to be seen, doing the right mm-hmm. thing by their, their staff. Mm-hmm. And as you were talking about earlier on, you know, in recruiting, our young people are really, our young people are amazing. <laughs> they are really, really amazing. And, you know, they've got a lot of anxieties going on about our world as it is now. Um, you know how there are so many things unfolding about you know we see it all in the news don't we with what's going on around us now and about plastics and the natural world and and environmental factors our young people are really on the ball with all that and it's really worrying for them and they want to be part of organizations that really make a difference and really make a difference and understand about people as well and the natural environment and care. So if organisations aren't onto this and they're more interested in their bottom line, these are not the organisations that are mm. going to be part of the future. No. I, I, that's what I wholeheartedly believe in myself. Yeah. And I just wish as well that hopefully in going forwards, companies will start to think, you know, they all have a health and safety budget. They need to be focusing on the health and safety budget. They need to be focusing on the health. There was a gentleman that I was in a meeting with not so long ago. I uh, can't remember the stats, but it, it was a significant amount of the budget was spent on safety not on health gosh and this is actually this was in the construction sector and the construction sector is mm. is it's re- renowned and known for a really high suicide rate three times more so than the na- the average oh, normal rate for, for I didn't men realize that is that because that's the the kind of the age demographic i know there's a particular demographic age demographic the type of industry the type of stigma and all sorts of things that go on um so you know it's 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 something that we all need to be aware of and all need to be responsible for mm. and about. So health has to be part of, of a business's understanding concern. And just adding in the mix as well, you know, when we're talking about mental health and well-being at work, of course we bring our whole selves into work. And our workplace space, actually work can give the provision for us being healthy you know it provides us with a salary so we can look after ourselves it provides us with purpose connection status community community so work is a wonderful can be a really wonderful place for people to thrive and fulfill their potential 
But the contrast to that, actually, is that if we're in cultures and environments that are continually stretching, pushing, pressurising, not valuing people, not giving them autonomy, and and really, you know, drawing as much out of them as they can until they get to sort of burnout, you know, th- this is a, this is what needs to be really, really addressed. It, um, it is really encouraging to hear you say that the younger generation. Yeah. I mean, you can see it with news articles that are covered in the, mm. the wider media but definitely that view of the of the younger generations that we do need to make change that businesses need to change and it's not just a tick box exercise mm. that we've talked about previously it's not just oh let's put a marketing campaign out there to say that we're sustainable or to say that we're doing this actually to take action and to to actually live and to deliver against some of the promises that they're making is is really encouraging um, so that's great. That's great to hear that that's that's happening, and you're you're seeing that as well. Obviously, not so good the the downside of the impact of that of the, the worry and the concern, but that's good that people are taking action. So, what would if you're sort of starting to work with a client and they're they're wanting to take on board a little bit more of this? You mentioned your partnership that you're starting to work with. Mm. What kind of where do you start with those conversations with those? clients in starting to bring in well-being into the workplace do you start with doing kind of an audit or how do how do you make a start with with implementing some of those I think things? it's pretty I think it's pretty similar to what Trisha was saying earlier on it's really sort of having an understanding of the size of the company um really maybe having an understanding of their concerns that are showing up you know why are they why are they looking at doing this now mm. um and I think it, I think what I would also stress is for me as well is that the it's sort of in alignment with my values as well, and, and the sense is that it's not just a tick box criteria, mm-hmm. that this is an intentional, um, real want and desire, again, to start making a, a, a difference within their organisation. And it does also come down to thinking about the type of people you're going to have as mental health first aiders. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to be thinking, I think a key thing in, in all of this, it's great talking about mental health. It's absolutely brilliant talking about mental health, and it's great that people are talking about their lived experience but not everybody wants to talk about it mm, yeah. okay again just like our physical health some people want to deal with things more privately and they and they've got every right to do that and some people want to share as well yeah. so when we're in organizations mental health first aiders i think that are, are maybe selected or have to apply that they can do to show their interest as to why they want to do that what's paramount is understanding about confidentiality respect trust and those boundaries absolutely paramount because i think people will start to open up and can be encouraged to open up when they know that there is trust respect and there are confidentiality and boundaries in place because unfortunately what can can happen is that the boundaries can get a little bit blurred if it's also your line manager yes or you feel it's going back to hr yeah um so so that's things that need to be really mindful. So it could be, you know, the popular person in, or the or the, the sense of warmth, the nice person in the accounts department or the marketing department, who actually could be a really great mental health first aider, mm. because they're the sort of person that everyone really warms to and actually can approach. Yeah. yeah. So it's so it's thinking There's about lots of things. Lots of things. But yeah. I think I think what comes up a lot in organisational settings, um, is very much. The type of culture it is, 
is there really trust, trust, mm. confidentiality and yeah. those boundaries? Yeah. I think that's the significant mm. part of it. Yeah, and I th- sorry, no, sorry. I was just sitting there listening and thinking I'm totally agreeing with all of this. But something else that really helps to get buy-in from the top, we know that we need, you know, empathetic, non-judgmental people who kind of get it. And um, But to get the buy-in from the top, we really need to help them to understand that it does affect their bottom line. You know, they may choose to ignore it, but if you've got an unhealthy workforce who are going to underperform, that is ultimately going to affect your bottom line. And really stating the case to your decision makers that actually there is a return on investment, Deloitte report, a return of five to one Mm. on investment, on a well thought out wellbeing strategy that includes things such as mental health first aiders. So actually, you know, wellbeing perhaps used to be at the bottom of the of the agenda. It really needs to be at the top of the agenda in board meetings. It's a measurable KPI and to actually build that into part of that strategy. What's our objective? How are we going to measure it? And all of those things so that um, they can see the return and they can see the value. So I think that helps to get the trust of those decision makers on board. That's interesting what you say around it being measurable because I would have thought Mm. that that would be a challenge of it because absolutely Mm. I can agree Mm. with everything you're both saying that if you have a healthy workforce they're going to be more productive they're going to come up with better ideas they're going to better solve the problem mm-hmm. but if you're looking at it from a, okay well I invest x x thousands of pounds in over here then how do you translate that across and it shouldn't always just be about that but no. appreciate in many businesses that yeah. that is a big consideration so that yeah. it's great that you've got those kind of key figures and metrics that are starting to now be available to be able to enable large organizations to to track that and and i'm 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 all in favor of you know you need data you need research um and trisha and i will both home in on lots of stats when we're doing (laughs) the mental health first aid course um but again for me personally um i'd like people to be mindful of the fact that stats are indicative of what's been recorded yeah okay i know as a counselor and a therapist, there are plenty of people that are not on any statistical radar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. Yeah. They're, they're not accounted for and yet they're struggling or have been struggling. Yeah. And and again, you know, that that's okay because they want to keep it private and they're and they're maybe trying to self help route before beforehand before things maybe sort of compound and they can get things under um, sort of um, improving situation for themselves. You know, again as Trisha was saying earlier, we all will dip in and out very likely of mental ill health um, struggles Um, but a lot of us as well can actually get back on track it doesn't mean that we're ending ending up having to go to the GP or having medication and so forth there are different levels of how much it impacts us from mild moderate and severe and actually recovery is always likely you know that we we can get ourselves back on track but but data is a is a little bit you know, value it, you've got to have it, people want to see it, people want to know what their return is on investment. Sometimes what I would hope is that we can see the bigger picture of this and just tap into that human perspective of actually caring for each other and looking out for each other. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, bringing the human back into the workplace. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Thank you for that, Melissa. That was really that was really good. You also have kindly recommended a book for us. I know you mm. were d- debating as to which book to recommend because you had quite a few <laughs> there. So, which one did you decide upon? Which one did I decide upon? Um, 
Well, I'll, I'll just say I'll just say that the three that I was sort of toying between. But before I do that, just very very quickly, I just want to add into the mix as well um, for anyone who's listening out there, especially being a counselor and being with young people. Can I just say to anyone who's listening out there, can you please really listen to your children? Just listen to them and hear what they're saying, what's going on with their day. Put things down, pay attention, focus attention to them. Because what I really hear a lot going on in, in the counselling room a lot of the time is how lives are so, so busy. And, and I think young people are a bit overlooked sometimes. So, you know, who, whatever role you are, grandparent, parent, <laughs> teacher... Don't make assumptions. Don't put them all in one box. Listen to them and listen to what they're saying because what's, what they're saying really matters to them. So that's just my piece yeah. there. Uh, um, that's, that's good advice. Thank you. So then going back to the three books, yeah, I, as I said, I'm a little bit of an eclectic mix, but I do like to just feed off things that make me think and, and, and um, around health and well-being in, in, from different slants and takes and about community. So the three books, the one I'm reading at the moment is Accelerating Excellence, yeah. um, which is by James King. Um, it's about elite performers and their mindset. Very interesting book um, to read. Um, the next one was The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Good book to read, challenging, as in thought-provoking. And the final one is Change Your World, which is very much, which is by John Maxwell, which is very much about us being part of a bigger community and making a difference and working together. Thank you. No, some great, great recommendations there. I shall certainly go and check those out afterwards. So thank you. Um, Okay, so it's been great to hear from both of you a bit more about your business journey, how you help support businesses and um, young people um, with mental well-being and, and mental health first aid training. We're going to come on in just a moment just to explore some of the challenges that perhaps small business owners might be facing within this area. Um, but before we do that, we have one track, which, Melissa, you've recommended. It's also a personal favourite of mine um, from good old Robbie <laughs> Williams. So um, thank you for choosing it. But is there a, is there a particular reason why you like, why you like the song? Uh, I think all of us need need an angel around us, don't don't we? Really, at times, it'd be nice if we all could believe that that there's an angel out there looking out for us. Absolutely, giving definitely. us hope. Lovely. Thank you, Melissa. It's Robbie Williams, Angels. There's an angel contemplate my fate. Do they know the places where we go when we're gray? That salvation lets their wings unfold. So when I'm lying in my bed, thoughts running through my head, and I feel that love is dead, I'm loving angels instead. Forsake me I'm loving angels instead 
feeling weak And my pain walks down A one-way street I look above And I know I'll always be blessed with love And as the feeling grows She breathes flesh to my bones When love is dead I'm loving angels instead Williams with Angels. So, hello and good afternoon. You're listening to Sophie Comas on the River Radio's Let's Talk Business show. Thank you for listening in this afternoon. Today, I've got two brilliant guests with me, Trisha Wilkie from The Mind Hub and Melissa Gale from Sea Within. And we've been talking about their business journey and understanding a little bit more about the impact of mental well-being within the small business world. And um, don't forget, if you have missed any of today's show, you can listen again um, on the uh, via the website, river.radio, and also via Alexa, Apple, or Google. And of course, if you want to get in touch about any of the discussions that we're having on the show today, please do also drop me an email to sophie at river.radio. So we've talked a lot about, um, Melissa and Tricia, we've talked a lot about mental well-being, mental health, what we mean by that, and you've shared some great insight into some of the experiences that you 
both have, both in working with your clients and also engaging um, with those around you. Just starting to think about some of the challenges that small business owners might be facing at the moment. We've talked, to, we've we've seen a lot in the news about petrol shortages, about shortages of truck drivers, about how it's all going to impact Christmas. There's a lot of messages out there um, of how things are changing and moving forward. As a result, in part, to a lot of the experiences we've had over the last 18 months, And what we're seeing with that is a lot of organisations are bringing their employees back into the workplace in this hybrid way of working Mm -hmm. and how you're managing that is a big part of um, mental health and well-being around that. So before we perhaps explore a little bit what that means, what what do we mean by hybrid way of working? Patricia, what's your your sort of idea and thought behind that? Yeah, so I guess, you know, it's not a... Before, I mean, particularly when I was in the workplace, you worked in the office five days a week, and that was that. When I requested to work from home and I had children, <laughs> I was met with a flat no. Um, uh, but now it's very different, you know, and it had been changing. But since the pandemic, of course, we've all worked from home, we've all realised actually we can all work from home, and the companies are still functioning. But obviously, now, and for many different reasons, some companies perhaps are inviting people back into the workplace now, perhaps more on a part time basis. Uh, depending on the nature of the work maybe on a more full-time basis and this is um, thrown up a few problems I think for organizations as they invite people back in terms of mental health mm. um, more people are experiencing the symptoms of burnout you know where they're experiencing more of an emotional and physical drain on their body through prolonged stress because the boundaries have become blurred from working from home you know it's brought many advantages but if it's not managed in the right way you know there's not that commute to work there's not that buffer between rolling out of bed and you know dropping in at your workspace you know there's not that I guess it's that there's that not that chance to switch off or to allow your there's brain not that to chance yeah down. and we're working you know longer mm. working into the evening where's that you know our perhaps for some people they're working in the same space that they eat or where they sleep you yeah. know there's not so much that distinction so um there have been higher perhaps cases of burnout and higher stress and anxiety and we won't go into all the stats because it it's a bit of depressing reading (laughs) but on a positive note on a positive note our mental health is just as likely to improve as it is to decline and I think the 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 challenges organizations are facing is how can we support people through this how can we boost their mental health and well-being we recognize that people have been going through a really tough time Mm. Uh, we recognize that we're really pushing them harder because as an organization we're under more pressure and so how can we push people harder whilst when they're not feeling a hundred percent and they're not doing so well it's a real conundrum for hr departments well-being departments because they're being pushed by the top to work people harder but they recognize that their teams are not doing so well so i think that's a challenge for hybrid working and again in terms of mental health a lot of social anxieties were quelled during lockdowns where people didn't have to mix didn't have to socialize Um, we know that anxiety has a funny way of breeding so when you avoid the things that cause you fear that can increase and now as people are being invited to come back into work to mix with colleagues the fear of catching covid uh re-engaging with people they haven't seen for a very while there's a uh, you know people are feeling quite anxious so it's how 
what I'm hearing from people that I'm working with is how are they going to meet those challenges and transition yeah. everyone back in a safe way whilst also keeping the company productive. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a tricky one because in many cases every business, every team within and every business is different. So every individual within those teams are different and so therefore they all have different challenges. It's, so it's, yeah. it, it's, not, it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of, approach. Yes. <laughs> sorry, Sophie, sorry. So, so Melissa, we, we obviously talked about a bit about burnout there. Um, and just thinking, you know, you, I think you alluded earlier that there are things that we can be doing for ourselves to help keep positive mental well-being. What what kind of things, if we're um, wanting to share with the listeners, what kind of things can we be encouraging people to do to be, po- you know, to to have positive and, and good mental health and um, well-being? I, I I think it really comes down to some of the most sort of simple things, but. Again, it it sort of can get overlooked when we're in such busy, hectic lives, but it's about prioritising. It's about, you know, fundamentally, you know, how we're functioning um, in our busy lives. We need some of the key key support mechanisms in place, such as, you know, a good nutritious diet, such as taking time out to really wind down repair you know mindfulness as Trisha provides um having that space where you're away from everything staying connected yeah sleep staying connected with people you know we communicate but you know especially if you're working remotely Mm -hmm. you know what's connection connection is about when you really get to know people and you have a bit of a laugh with them and so forth so you know not being consumed just by that communication and sharing information but really connecting with people so have lunch online or, or whatever that might be um, and another thing that really comes up as well in, um, you know, yes, a routine discipline, but another thing, again, that personally is, is one of my things that really sticks out for me. And this comes up a lot with the mental health first aid as well. And us as a society is alcohol consumption. Yeah. Alcohol consumption is, is, um, something we need to be aware of because alcohol helps us to relax we can enjoy it and it can be fun. You know, we, we want to enjoy it. I like a glass of wine or two. But actually, I mean, we need to be really careful about whether that starts becoming a support mechanism because alcohol as well can really be detrimental to our mental health and well-being. And again, in our cultural working environments, a lot of the time it's all about, oh, let's have a reward and we'll go for a drink and we'll do this and we'll have a drink and, and so forth. Yeah, and, and I could go on, I could go on. But I think some, some of the, if we want to perform well, we need some key fundamental things in place and it has to be looking after our health Mm. and connecting um and just going back to the sort of um with trisha when you were talking about the work environment there you know it's we're all in this together it's a first for everybody yes and again it is really about it's a work in progress and we all need to be communicating and listening to again listening to each other and, and adjusting and having having more tolerance of each other reasonable let's be reasonable let's look at the bigger picture and let's be reasonable about what's going on here i'm Mm. I'm really hearing the listening to one another message Mm. very clearly from both of you this afternoon so that's really that's really good advice well i wanted to um thank you both for coming in this afternoon um unfortunately we're nearly out of time for today's show but it's been an absolute pleasure having you both with me this afternoon to talk about this really important topic if people want to get in touch with you both to find out more melissa where how can people get in touch with you so you can find me on linkedin and the website um is seawithin.co.uk email me melissa at seawithin.co.uk lovely that's great trisha if people would like to get in touch with you at the mind hub how how do they do that 
Yeah, so um, much like Melissa, please uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. It'd be great to be connected. Uh, I have a website, which is www.themindhub.co.uk. And my email address is trisha at themindhub.co.uk. That's brilliant. Well, thank you both ever so much for joining me this afternoon on River Radio's Lectors Talk Business Show. It's been lovely to have you. Um, so we've got some you know, great conversations there around rental well-being. It's such an important topic at this um, point in time sort of now and, and moving forward. Um, next week, we've, got, um, some, we've also got some more great guests coming in. We've got Vicky Woodell from Money Row Beans coming to talk to us to share some of her business journey. And hopefully she'll bring a cup of coffee with her as well. You never know. Um, so if you have any questions you'd like me to ask or anything about the show today, then please email me at sophie at river.radio. We also have some more great shows coming up across the rest of the week. So do check out the website for more details. Of course, if you've missed the show, then you can also catch up via the website river.radio so that's about it from me thank you ever so much for joining us this afternoon and 